Welcome to the Core Kinetic Podcast. My name is Ben Cormack and I will be your host. The Core Kinetic Podcast aims to bring you clinically relevant information on topics throughout the clinical world. Also, some very, very special guests along the way bringing you their expertise. We hope to deliver this with fun, flexibility and also some good, solid, old-fashioned evidence. Nothing in this podcast constitute medical advice, but we hope you enjoy it anyway. Welcome to episode 13 of the Core Kinetic Podcast. And if I was uh, a fastidious young man, I would have them every month, um, but it's taken me a little bit longer than 13 months to get to episode 13, but don't judge me. All right. So um, this, I was about to say this week, but actually this month, um, I've got an interesting guest, a controversial guest, actually probably the guest that I know um, the best out of all the guests I've ever had on the uh, Core Kinetic podcast, which is the, the maverick, the enigma, the myth, that is Mr. Adam Meekins, the sports physio. How are you today, Mr. Meekins? I'm very good. Thank you very much, Mr. Cormack. Looking forward to this. Uh, unlucky for some number 13, am I? Do you know what? I hadn't actually thought about that. Absolutely. <laughs> this could turn out just to be like the craziest, <laughs> most unlucky podcast ever done, ever. Yeah. So if you're a super, you said you're fastidious, but if you're superstitious, mate, this could um, this could turn into a, a shit show very quickly. Very good, couldn't it? You soon. could be yeah, a, yeah. a fastidious, superstitious character. You'd be totally fucked. Um, right. So if any of you guys don't know, um, me and Adam run uh, a little project called the Better um, Clinician Project. So I thought I'd better have that as some kind of disclosure, although I'm sure no one really actually cares very much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone loves a disclosure these days for some reason. And what I wanted to get Mr. Meekins on for, and, you know, some would say that I probably speak to him far too much already, um, but I wanted to get Mr. Meekins on and talk about um, his slogan that just seems to pop up everywhere well mostly on his t-shirts but seems to pop up all over the place which is um you can't go wrong getting strong and the reason why I wanted to do this was because I see all the time you know the, his slogan of course because he repeats himself quite a lot but also that I see it's one of the things that seems to really you know kind of get people uh what would be a good terminology charged up what do you think Adam do they get charged wound up, up by, charged up wound fired up, up. yeah <laughs> you name it mate a lot of people a lot of people my special fans out there my admirers the special admirers out there yeah they absolutely love to jump up and down every time I post an image with it on a t-shirt or put a little hashtag with can't go wrong getting strong it does fire a lot of people up left right and center which i you know i will admit rewind maybe three or four years ago and i think it did it to me a little bit and i think me and you probably clashed well, yeah. uh, quite regularly um you know Still over do that. About it as well. yeah over that and a, and a load of other things as well but now it just makes me laugh and chuckle much more when I see it all going off and the fireworks and, you know, the hand grenades being thrown and, and all that kind of thing. But do you know what I really wanted to do? I think this would be really nice um, to actually get to the bottom of, 
you know, what it actually kind of means to you. Because I do think that the terminology here, you know, it is probably reasonably open to interpretation. And I think that's one of the reasons why people get their, you know, panties in a wad sometimes is because, you know, that that maybe they interpret it in different ways to what you mean it. And maybe it'd just be really nice to hear what the yeah. hell you actually mean by it. Yeah, well, I think that's more of their problem than it is my problem when people misinterpret things. I, I, I don't understand the kickback behind it personally. I see it, as you said, a lot of the time like you do, but I personally don't understand why because I don't think, you know, when it comes to cheesy slogans, it's it's a bad one at all. And I don't think it's really that fucking hard to misinterpret, but people do all the time. You know, it says it says pretty much like the Ronsil advert does, you know, it, it says what it says on the tin. You can't go wrong getting strong. And how people contort and twist that and get all their, say, panties and a bunch about it, I I personally just don't understand it, particularly so-called evidence-based healthcare practitioners that should be promoting a healthy lifestyle. What the fuck is wrong with saying you can't go wrong getting strong? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Well, why don't you expand a little bit? Why don't you tell me and tell all of the three other people that listen to the podcast <laughs> and, and their dog, um, why don't you tell us kind of what it what it means to you? Because I think that that would be um, a good way to start to clear up um, some of the confusion. Okay. Well, for me, it's pretty simple, really. As you say, it's like the Ronsil advert. It says what it says on the tin. You can't go wrong getting strong. It basically means more people need to engage more with resistance-based exercises for the multitude of positive physiological and psychological um, health effects it has. So in a nutshell, you can't go wrong getting strong is, is, a, is a way to try and promote resistance-based exercises to everybody we see. And the reason I think that needs to be done is because huge numbers of the population currently all across the world are just not doing anywhere near enough or anywhere close to the minimum amounts of resistance-based exercises to keep their bodies robust, resilient, and functioning at a reasonable level. And this is then having a knock-on effect and causing more and more early-onset mismatched, non-communicable diseases and disabilities. You know, things like sarcopenia, osteopenia, osteoarthritis, diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, dementias, early death. And, of course, you know, it it is also related to chronic pain as well, which is what we deal with. So I think, as I say, we know that lack of resistance-based exercises is a major factor in many non-communicable mismatched diseases. And so I think we need, as healthcare professionals, to try and turn that around. And I think, you know, trying to promote strength-based, resistance-based exercises, whatever you want to call them these days, that's another topic of discussion. When does a resistance-based exercise turn into a strength-based exercise or vice versa? But I just think we need to be promoting it more. So where do you think then that that people have you know so we see these emotional responses don't we you know the social media is famous for for emotionality you know you can sense emotionality when when people post and i'm sure i've been that person and you've been that person etc so where do, what do you think then that that I, I hear you and you're saying you know let's promote you know, engaging in resistance-based exercise. And we could take that further, couldn't we, and say, you know, just promote engaging in exercise, I think would be... No, 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 
no, no. That's that's where that's is where again it's got this is where people just say, oh yeah, but then we can just promote physical activity. Yeah, of course you can. Absolutely. Promote physical activity. Great, do that. But also promote fucking resistance-based exercises as well. So again, this is where I sometimes think people get their knickers in a bunch because they think that I am being too biased towards, you know, just promoting strength-based exercises. And therefore I'm saying I'm not saying we shouldn't be promoting other types of exercise. That's bollocks. It's nonsense. You know, promote all the exercises, of course, but don't lump them all together because they, they have different effects and they have different, I think, you know, things that need to be discussed around them. And resistance-based exercises is something that's easily skirted over and avoided by people going, well, I'm just going to go for a walk instead then, and that will cover it. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Or, you know, I am going to do some other type of exercise and that's going to make me, you know, uh, uh, get the same effects as a resistance-based exercise. No, it doesn't. You know, so we have to say differentiate the difference between resistance-based exercises and promote this more. It's it is out of all the activities and all the exercises, it is the one that is least engaged with by the general population. Yeah, no, I would Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you that probably there's a lot of you know misinformation and fear around engaging. I think with with resistance based exercise, Absolutely, of course, yeah, and we need to change that, and that's what this slogan is trying to do. Yeah. So, uh, what I was going to get to, I think, before you had your diatribe there about um, <laughs> <laughs> about the specificity of what was of what was being discussed. Well, I think what I was trying to get to was, you know, so do you think this 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 has to do with maybe that some people feel that you're promoting a superiority of resistance-based exercise, and especially in the field that we probably are discussing, which is musculoskeletal rehabilitation, that somehow engaging in resistance-based exercise or getting strong is suddenly going to fix all problems. And I think that might be where people get their you know, knickers in a twist, panties in a bunch, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but that's their misinterpretation. I, I promote all types of activity and exercise, including resistance-based exercises. I just haven't got cheesy slogans for going for a run or going for a walk. But I promote, I mean, I've just done a fucking 10,000 steps a day every day for the last 30 days in a row challenge on Instagram. So I promote all types of exercises. I I promote cardiovascular exercise. I promote your movement snacks, your little bits and often all that stuff that you like to discuss and talk about. You know, you're rubbing off on me as well in that situation. Um, but yeah, so, you know, people may think that I am being overly biased towards resistance-based exercises and that I am saying they are better than other types of exercises. That's their misinterpretation. Um, I promote all types of exercises, but I am keen on getting more people to understand the benefits of resistance-based exercises, removing the fears and the anxieties and the barriers around it, because it is, as I said before, the least engaged with type of exercise in the population. And so, yeah, great. Promote all your physical activity, promote all your cardiovascular exercises, but also promote your resistance-based exercises. I have nowhere ever in any time, shape or form implied, said or stated that resistance-based exercises is better than any other type of exercises. Although I do think in some situations it is. Um, but I, again, people will misinterpret it and just, you know, bastardize it to say that Adam Meekin says you have to do this. 
Otherwise, if you don't do this, you aren't going to improve. And I'm like, I've never said that at all. That's your misinterpretation. Although surely you must, you know, I suppose you would say that everybody should do some type of resistance exercise. Absolutely. All, yeah. all adults should be engaging at least twice a week in some form of resistance-based exercises covering all the major muscle groups of the upper limb, lower limb, and the trunk, uh, preferably lasting, I'd say, for 20 to 30 minutes as a minimum. Um, that's getting them close to fatigue. Uh, and that's pretty much, in a nutshell, I think what the minimum recommended doses of resistance-based exercises that we should be trying to promote. And again, like I said, I do think it does have some superior benefits over other types of exercises. You know, I think, you know, when you're trying to reverse sarcopenia, walking, great. Yeah, it's a good start, but it ain't going to make a drastic difference on somebody that is suffering with sarcopenia. The resistance-based exercises is far superior at doing it. One, because, of, again, the, the intensity and, and the less amounts of frequency of time that they'll have to do it, you know, to get the same change in muscle bulk from walking compared to a couple of sessions of resistance-based exercise, they're probably going to have to walk hours and hours and hours on day when something they could get done in 20 minutes. So there are times, and again, this is where I think social media goes over the top sometimes. It gets its knickers in a twist so much and it argues such all these fucking minute, insignificant details. It just forgets the bigger picture. And, and it overlooks, uh, to say, that there is a good body of research out there that says resistance-based exercises is superior for many things. Osteopenia, sarcopenia. Um, you know, so again, these types of things just need to be recognised and promoted more. Yeah, uh, you know, I think this probably comes back a little bit, and this is something that we've discussed before, it probably comes back a little bit to this idea that we're always looking for the best, aren't we? We're always looking for the the, the number one thing to do. So, you, you know, is, is that part of the problem with this here is that, you know, kind of people are always looking for this, you know, the the thing, the, the superior thing, and, and that we could do with a little bit more balance in this area. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, and, and I think the other thing is people just want the quick fix, you know, they want the quick approach, you know, that's that's the other thing as well. Um, so possibly, yeah. As I said, I think, you know, there are times when resistance-based exercise is the best option to choose for various different problems and conditions and disabilities, you know, reversing these diseases and these things that I've talked about, I think is is easier to do with resistance-based exercises than it is with other types of exercises. Now, when it comes to, again, don't know if you're going to dive down this tangent or this pathway, but when you're dealing with the word pain, you know, trying to reduce pain, then that's a lot more nuanced and there's a lot more discussion to have around there about what is the superior type of activity exercise to help with pain. I'm, I'm open to that discussion. I'm happy to have that discussion. But in other areas with other diseases and pathologies, I will put my cards on the table. I'll stand my biases and stand my ground and fight my corner and say, no, resistance-based exercise is the superior choice here. Yeah, I mean, look, even if if someone had chronic pain you know i still think that resistance exercise would still be something that would be an option for someone with chronic pain absolutely and as i said you know it's that's that's a discussion to have but i am more open to you know saying and being open and honest and saying that i don't think there is evidence out there to say it's more superior at helping somebody with chronic pain than other types of exercise 
Um, but there are times where you're right, like you said, there are times where for some individuals with chronic pain, resistance-based exercises can work really, really well. See, this is one of the problems that I see with exercise. So if we suddenly say resistance exercise is not superior, uh, and we did this with core stability, suddenly it becomes ineffective. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I think that's something, I don't know why people take this perspective. You know, if it's not been proven to be superior, suddenly it's like not even an option. You know, yeah. and if we look at the core stability, lower back pain literature, well, core stability stuff works just as well as resistance exercise, works just as well as walking, but suddenly it's like, well, core stability isn't any better, so actually it's worse. Do you think we see a bit of that? Yeah, that's a common thing I do see when, when trials come out showing no difference between two groups, and therefore all of a sudden nothing works. And I'm like, no, it's that they both work. <laughs> there is just no, there is no difference. So yeah, it's a common misinterpretation of trials and results that say there is no superiority. There is no difference between one type of everything. People just assume that means, oh, but that both of them don't work and nothing works. I'm like, no, they both work. That gives you options, gives you freedom. Just look at the recent sexy trial that came out with shoulder pain. That's a classic sexy. one. Right? That, caused, that caused all sorts of bloody people going around saying strengthening exercises don't help people with shoulder pain. I'm like, what are you, what are the bloody hell are you on about? The sexy trial shows adding strengthening exercises doesn't help people with shoulder pain. I said, it doesn't show that at all. It shows that there's no added benefit of adding these types of exercises to that particular population with shoulder pain. So it's just, again, how people interpret and I think misinterpret research and trials and what people say about it as well so what what were the two groups in the sexy trial well the, the, the first group the control group which is the usual care was poorly defined oh okay um so it was a usual care group versus usual care plus three additional resistance or strengthening based exercises so the usual care had a multitude i think of different types of treatments that wasn't really well monitored uh, but it did include i think in about 70 percent of them strengthening exercises as right. well so about 70 percent right. of them were having regular strengthening exercises and then the intervention group were obviously having all of their usual care plus three additional strengthening exercises and those three additional strengthening exercises wasn't shown to have any significant effect from the people that were just doing the usual care and after analysis what they actually found about whereas they wanted these subjects to be doing these exercises additionally on top of what they've already been told they weren't. They were basically substituting some of the other exercises they've been asked to do by the usual care by doing these intervention exercises. So it actually looked like they were pretty much doing similar things eventually. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's um, one of the things that I've never seen really when it comes to, 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 to trials is that people really isolate this strength thing very well so we'll monitor you know, it, monitor it very well as well so people would say you know we've we've asked subjects to do strengthening exercise and you say they don't define that very well what do you mean by strengthening you know what are the parameters that you think are going to achieve that and why and based on what literature and research but then they also don't really um, monitor it very well it's normally self-reported feedback which we know does have obviously a lot of limitations so there are lots of you know 
assumptions made, I think, in strengthening research trials about the effects based on self-reported outcomes of I did actually do it the way you told me to. And we're like, really, did you? Are you sure? Although that does, I think, add a little bit of external validity or pragmaticness to a lot of these trials, if I'm of being honest. Of course it does. And, uh, but again, I think that's another criticism of, of day-to-day pragmatic physiotherapy. I just do think that sometimes, again, a lot of people don't engage with their rehab and their exercises because they are poorly monitored. There is no, there is no accountability for doing it or not doing it. Uh, and I think that is a big barrier for patients sometimes i i find patients that engage with the exercises the most are the ones that are being monitored the closest and have some accountability you know not in a big brother you know overpowering over dominating <laughs> you must do your exercises or you will be chastised yeah. and flogged publicly but you know in that support might work <laughs> it might work it might work actually i've had that discussion before actually i've had that debate with matt lowe yeah. about that the carrot and the stick approach you know do you do the military you know type of pe approach you know where you crack the whip at 5 a.m and get everybody doing their pt and screaming and shouting them um but yeah before i go off down that tangent but i was just saying i think you know sometimes the the patients i find that do the the, the really have the most and engage with the most are the ones that are that are being monitored the closest the ones that are feeling you know supported and feel like they've got yeah, accountability yeah. i i find you know and i did myself personally i find it's very hard to let somebody down um who i respect and trust uh, and so when i'm working with a coach myself to do my yeah, training yeah. which i do regularly you know i'll find somebody that i respect that i trust and that very much makes me do the bloody work and i think that's the thing that physios and us therapists have to try and do as well with our patients is get them to trust respect you and like you and then you'll find your patients will find it harder to let not let you down but will find it you know more easier for them to think right i'm going to do this because he said he wants me to do it and i'm going to give it a good try i'm going to be honest i think the majority of people who hire a personal trainer probably do it for some kind of accountability. You know, I think there's this idea that it's about technical help and perfect programs and ultimate exercise form and all these other things. And But I think for most people, it's get, it gets them up, it gets them to the gym, it makes them accountable, um, and it provides something else while they're there doing this exercise to keep them engaged. Um, and do you, do you think that's something that we miss in, 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 in rehab? Totally, totally agree, mate. I think it's a massive thing that we should be looking into doing more is supporting people with their activities and their exercises rather than just saying, you need to be doing this and then giving them a shitty sheet of photocopied exercises for them to take away and do it It is something I say drives me crazy that I think, you know, the physiotherapy and all the sort of rehab professions, healthcare professions are missing a huge trick there. So, yeah, I think absolutely, you know, a lot of people will uh, will get a personal trainer just so they actually get stuff done to get the work done. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, we've got to be looking into that psychology and we've got to be trying to tap into that as to how we can engage our patients to do things better. So, right, I, I'm going to ask you a bit of a soul-searching question now, Mr. Meekin. So prepare yourself, all right? Are you preparing okay. yourself? I'm, I'm, I'm bracing. You're bracing. So I'm going to ask you to reach inside of your heart, right? And It's a cold, dark, crusty place. Yeah, I don't even... I don't even lots to... of dust and cobwebs. There's, there's yeah. not much... There's not much distance to reach in there. <laughs> there's just like that guy in um, 
uh, the, the one in Indiana Jones, <laughs> the knight who's been in the cave for like thousands of years with a holy grail. Just, just dust. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. dust. What's in your heart? It's dust. Um, so I'm going to ask you to, I was about to say to reach into your dusty hole, but don't do that because it's a family show. Um, I would like you, uh, let's take it, let's say with the, that someone did the perfect trial. They isolated strength in this beautiful way where they managed to differentiate and, you know, perfect um, perfect intensity and reps and they measured everything. In your heart of hearts, do you think across the population that would have a dramatic effect on pain? Uh, oh, I told you it was soul-searching, didn't I? It's a good question. <laughs> So my biases would go that I would say for the vast majority, yes. Right. Um, but there will always be people that it won't make a significant difference to. And there will okay. be some people that it could probably make, you know, a small proportion worse. So again, it's just recognizing that there are responders and non-responders to all types of interventions. Uh, and that's no different with exercise. Although, non-responders is a term when it comes to exercise i try to avoid i think there are low responders and high responders i think that's a better term yeah i think when it comes to exercise there are not not really non-responders are there i yeah. think if you There's go just those that don't a, yeah. respond as well yeah. i think if you go for a run every day um, you'll probably develop some form of overuse injury. But secondary to that, you will get better at running, won't you, at some yeah, point, yeah. right? And there will yeah. be some people that can go and run a marathon. There'll be some people that that can't. Um, yeah. Some I think people it, respond better than others, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if that's the case when it comes to pain. I think there are non-responders, and I think there are actually negative responders as well. Yeah, and I agree. I think, you know, and that's down to, you know, other, I think confounding variables and factors because we know pain is is multifactorial it's not only just about um physiological mechanisms of which you know exercise predominantly works on although we do know it also helps with psychological factors as well but you know there are some yeah i'm sure people who you get stronger who have got pain that will have little to no significant difference on their pain levels and we do see that in the literature as well so i would say that you know i think my answer to that original question is i my biases would say i think the vast majority would show improvements how much that's the bit i would say i don't know about what's the effect size um i would probably say moderate <laughs> that's, oh, probably, like being, that's that. probably that's probably being optimistic yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. i probably have a moderate effect on their symptoms in the vast majority of the people but not everybody i i sense a little bit of nuance in there adam meekins is that correct I've, no i've always had nuance it's just people <laughs> don't think i have people just assume because i i am on social media and i say things in black and white letters that there isn't nuance and shades of gray around it i've always had this nuance it's just people prefer to demonize me and paint me out as being this person that you know they love to hate i think which i'm quite happy falling into that role i don't mind i'm not that bothered by it i, I quite enjoy it actually 
seeing these idiots getting wound up and getting a bit frustrated and assuming they know what I'm thinking and assuming they know what I'm saying. Yeah, crack on, sunshine. I don't care. Well, I suppose at the end of the day, you know, people should definitely make up their own minds, shouldn't they? You know, you, you have what you have to say. We have a body of literature. We have what other people say. Uh, maybe people need a bit more confidence in in their own point of view and perspective. Exactly right. I think, you know, that's another problem I think I see across the world in everywhere. People just hopping onto bandwagons and not just thinking for themselves. And, uh, you know, and that goes with, you know, people they agree with and also people they disagree with. I think it's harder to to perhaps, you know, think for yourself when you are disagreeing with somebody, when you don't like them from personal reasons. I think, you know, your natural human instincts tend to kick in there and you just tend to reject everything they say just because you don't like them or you're jealous of them or you just don't like the look of them. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier, I think, sometimes to, you know, find people that you agree with and it's, you know, it's easier to go along with what they're saying and you'll sometimes just glaze over the bit you don't quite agree with and go, oh, I can ignore that. I can, I can is, forgive them about that. Bit is that, so is that nice. what we do, Adam? <laughs> yeah, well, I think we all do it. We all do it. We all, we, all, we all sometimes stop thinking and stop challenging people we like and we respect and we, we let some people get away with, you know, saying stupid, silly things just because we, we like them. And then there's times when, you know, somebody is trying to say something that is pretty clear and straightforward and they get misrepresented and quoted and we demonise them for it. We attack them for it because we don't like them. We don't hate them. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, of course. And it is human nature. We do tend to, you know, I am sure there are some people that I see say some good stuff and I do disregard it because I don't particularly like the cut of their jib always, exactly. you know, at, exactly. and so I, I think that's something that we could all be a bit better at, which is, you know, appraising what people have to say uh, a little bit separate of our emotional, you know, our, 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 you know, chimp brain or whatever it is. Exactly. Take our, take our relationship, you know, at the start, you know, we, we very much banged heads and had, uh, you know, brouhaha's and disagreements. And I think deep down we'll both agree that actually we were probably liking what each other was saying. And I think sometimes we're a bit too close to the mark and we got a little bit resentful and, and jealous because that's what I say. And how dare you say what I say? And I think that sometimes wound me up sometimes with you. Uh, but I've sort of got over that and I'm quite happy now to sort of... Boy, Meekins, good, this ain't ben, some, ben... Kind of, some kind of therapy session here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We, we, can, we can we can put bygones. We can let water go under the bridge, mate, and uh, move forward. But no, I, I I put my hands up here and say sometimes you wound me up because you were saying something that was very that was very good, and I was like, I've said that, but you've just said that in a slightly better way, and that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> that jealousy. Yeah. Is that pretty little bit of jealousy as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe it's probably a positive thing um, to be able. I, to I think that's what recognize that. Yeah, and I think that's what happens with some people with this slogan. You can't go wrong getting strong. People are like, it's a fucking good slogan, that is. But Adam Meekins is saying it, and I don't fucking like Adam Meekins, so I think that slogan is a bunch of shit. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think that probably is um, a pretty fair appraisal sometimes, isn't it? And I suppose every slogan or saying fails in some way, doesn't it? 
you know, because it's not ever going to be perfect. So I think if we like it, we forgive the failings. Or if we like the person, we forgive the failings. If we don't like the person, then we're going to really go, you know, get in there and, and try and, you know, tear it well, to pieces. Yeah. And I, and I know this is your podcast, but can I throw a question back at you? Oh, well, here we go. Steady on, Meekins. Go on. What, what have you got? What do you want this is from me, me? This is me now reversing the tables and me putting my podcast host hat on here. Oh, Jesus Christ. You so just couldn't you help just it, said you, that you, you, Yeah, you just said you thought, you know, there are times when uh, no, no slogan is ever 100% perfect. There's always going to be, yeah. you know, occasions where. So let me put this to you. Do you think there is a time when you can go wrong getting strong? Yes, I do. Right. But maybe so I, I think if you tell someone, and I think this is probably where part of this mis, misinterpretation comes from, if you tell someone getting strong is going to fix their problems and it doesn't, then I think to some degree, um, I don't know if that's going wrong, but it was certainly ineffective and it was the wrong path for that person. But if you're not saying that, then that doesn't isn't isn't the case, is it? Yeah. So that again, but the, you know, the saying is you can't go wrong getting strong. It's not saying you have to get strong to get yeah. better. You can't go wrong getting strong. I think, you know, if I probably had to try to reword this, I'd probably say it's slightly different now. I'd probably say okay. you can't go wrong trying to get strong. Right. I think you putting that little extra word of trying might, you know, add that little bit more nuance, I think. Yeah. You can't go wrong trying to get strong but you know the the saying is you can't go wrong getting strong if you're not you know saying something else that it's not saying it's not saying you have to get strong can you go wrong get, trying to get strong so i think if you see strength as a positive right so generally for us and for our health then if it, it's providing a positive then we cannot go wrong right but I think the misinterpretation would be, and this again is why I think it's important to clarify, would be if we say, if you get strong, you are going to solve all your problems, namely things like pain, et cetera, then that pursuit is what a lot of people have done over the years. And, you know, for strength and for range and for mobility and all these other things. And so they've gone down another road that has led them to a place which hasn't produced the results that they want. So I think it's what we're defining as, as going wrong, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, okay. So it's going back to the original question. Do you think if we had the trial and everybody got stronger, do you think you'd see everybody getting great results from it? You know, certainly if you, if you were to measure the effect on health, then I think that you would see lots of positives, you know, and some people would value that and other people wouldn't value that. So I suppose it depends on what you're applying it to. But I think what a lot of people here potentially is, you know, if you get strong, then whatever problem you have will go away. Yeah, and it could. <laughs> it could, or I suppose... I, I, I suppose, or it couldn't, but then that would be... So the there's there's no harm in trying, is it? What's the harm in trying? Well, I suppose the point is you might, you know, if you, if you were to take a probability approach, then you could try lots of different things and they'd probably all have an equal probability. Mm, I don't think walking for somebody with sarcopenia is going to make the greatest deal of difference. Okay, fine. I think if we're talking about 
you know, like if we had an outcome measure of pain or one of these composite outcome measures, okay. I think. So for, for pain, yeah, granted, okay, but for other things, then I think, yeah, there are, there are there's more probability of an, a successful outcome, definitely. And I absolutely agree. If you had someone with osteoporosis, I think that to help them with that, you know, resistance-based exercise is going to give you a higher probability of providing what you need for that to help. And what about the just general population, those that don't have pain, those that don't have any disease? What about, say, the saying you can't go wrong getting strong to the general population as a preventative measure? I I totally, totally agree that for everybody, it could have a positive effect. So again, I don't understand the fucking angst <laughs> and kickback from healthcare professionals about this slogan. I really but, don't. But I don't know if it is the right entry point or how much of it people should do. You know, at an individual level, I think for some people, it's going to be more difficult to engage in that than some other things to get the ball rolling. Well, but again, that slogan's got nothing. It doesn't say anything about, you know, how to go about doing it. It is just an entry point to say you can't go wrong getting strong by promoting resistance exercise. I totally agree with you. You know, there are lots of barriers of actually getting that shit done. But that is where, again, the skill of a healthcare professional comes in. And again, this is trying to investigate and look for these barriers to getting somebody engaged with it. And the common one is everybody assumes you have to go to a gym to get stronger which is uh, absolute yeah, which is a massive barrier for people isn't it it is but it's absolute body you don't have to go to a gym to get strong again it's a common misconception you know there are a multitude of ways of using body weight resistances yeah, and yeah. gravity and various different things around houses you know that you're yeah. readily available that you can load people up with or say just use body weight that will create resistance-based exercises and help people get stronger yeah and, and, and i have to last long and you don't have to do it often you don't have to do it every day it doesn't have to be an hour you know it doesn't you know, after last for, you know, bloody hours and hours on end. So again, all these discussions is where, again, a good healthcare professional should be diving into once they've said you can't go wrong getting strong. But I think that's the problem, isn't it? Is that someone will hear that and their bias, you know, their bias isn't towards resistance exercise. It's not something that they engage in or value or see as a positive. And so therefore, to them, that slogan is going to be almost a negative, isn't it? Do you see what I mean? But no, I can't see that because what's what's the negative of getting strong? Well, I suppose so. So, so you want to you, you 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 some people prefer to stay weak. Who in their right mind will be going? You know what? You know that's so wrong. I don't want to get strong. I'm quite happy. I'm but I just want to stay weak. Weak weak is so much better. But I think there are a lot of people out there that would hear it and say, "I don't need to do that." Do you see what I mean? And and that and that is human nature. So, you know, I think instant. And do you know what the other thing is? If we're not doing something that we should be doing, again, what do people often do? They'll often turn around and see that as a negative, won't they? It's like someone else around you having success. You can view it in two ways. You could be like, I'm really happy for this person or this person's really pissing me off. Yeah, right? A lot of, yeah, a bit of resentment. and yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a bit of resentment. So I'm going to ask you one last question, Mr. Meekins. Has your... Has your um, kind of um, perception of the saying "can't go wrong getting strong" has that has it evolved over time, or has it meant the same thing to you since the very beginning, or has it evolved over time? 
No, it hasn't evolved over time. It's always it's always been the same thing. It's a pretty simple, basic slogan to say, try to engage more people with resistance-based exercise. It's always been about that, and it always still is about that. Um, okay. As I say, people misrepresent it and say saying things that it's not saying things. That's their issues. That's their problem. But no, for me, my saying of can't go wrong getting strong has always been about promoting resistance-based exercises for the multitude of psychological, physiological effects it has and the preventative uh, factors it has on lots of non-communicable diseases and disabilities that can occur in later on in life that are also accompanied by pain. But it does fit your bias of what you enjoy doing and and... I, again, I, I I engage regularly in resistance-based exercise. I don't fucking enjoy doing it because <laughs> yeah. it's hard, it's effortful. And I don't, the next day afterwards and the stiffness, you know, I'm trying to walk down the stairs, you know, after a hard leg session. I don't enjoy that, but I say you definitely value it. Because it. It, has, it has meaning to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you know what? I actually think that we should all appreciate we have biases. And actually, sometimes biases are really positive things Absolutely. because they drive us to be passionate about things. Exactly. If, if being biased towards resistance exercises is wrong and negative, I just don't want to be fucking right. <laughs> all right. Well, look, why don't we uh, finish up there? Thank you for coming on and uh, and, and clarifying uh, that for me um, and for other people as well. I think that's probably hopefully something valuable that people can, can kind of... It will of... have made no difference to those mate. They're still going to carry on because one, they will not listen to this and two, they don't care anyway, even the way I've tried to explain it. They'll still... But thanks, thanks for the invite. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great, mate. <laughs> well, it's not like I speak to you enough already, is it? You know, so no, it feels I, I like a regular weekly discussion, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, all right, mate. Well, uh, a pleasure um, to have you on. Um, I'm sure I'll talk to you. You know where you always say to, to guests like, "Let's talk soon," and I'll bloody, I'm probably <laughs> going to talk to you in about the next hour. Um, but but anyway, it, it's a pleasure, um, and um, I'll, I'll catch up with you very soon. All right, mate. All the best. You have been listening to the Core Kinetic Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>